0: Okay, well, welcome to the first Sunday school of 2024. We're actually going to do things a bit differently this morning. So this morning is a one-off, which is why we're set up like this. Um, if you're new to Sunday school, first time, this is not how it normally works. So normally we're around tables and chit-chat. and um, So the next two weeks, we're going to just do a very short series on what it means that Jesus descended to the dead. That's one of the lines in the creed we, we say. You might notice if you were here last year, we skipped over it. So we're going to come back to it. Two weeks, what does it mean that Jesus descended to the dead and why does it matter? It's the kind of thing that just tumbles in our mouths, probably. We're not too sure what's going on there. So a very short couple of weeks to look at that. And then uh, Nick's going to do a series on evangelism, thinking about how we reach our friends. And then a bit later, we're going to do some other stuff. Yet to be confirmed. (coughs) Possibly decided. Um, But this morning, given it's a new year, we thought it would be good just to think a little bit about um, both our personal devotional life and our family devotional lives. Now, I know not everyone is in... Well, you're all in a personal situation, aren't you? Because you're all people. But you're not all family, so I realise some bit is not relevant for everybody. Um, but all we're going to do is, I'm going to share a couple of thoughts on how we might kind of set ourselves up for the year with our personal devotions. And then myself and Nick are going to recommend a few things we've brought along. And then Nick's going to talk about family stuff and recommend a few things. Even if you're not yet married or you're married and don't have kids, worth beginning to think about these things, at least having a few things on, on the horizon. Um, we'll do that fairly quickly kind of thing we're not going to spend the whole time talking from the front and then we've already put some stuff out we'll put the rest of the stuff at the back and just give you a bit of a time to browse um about until about 20 years ago you used to be able to walk into a christian bookshop and look around stuff nowadays that's almost impossible um so it's very hard to actually see things unless you're at a conference or something like that so we've done our best and brought everything we've got there's nothing dodgy on there you'll be able to tell by looking at the books whether nick or i have actually read them or not you know is the spine broken is it? You know, a few clues but um let me start with a couple of verses from Colossians just to kind of set our agenda so Colossians 2 and verse 6 therefore just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving it's Colossians 2 uh, 6 and 7 those verses I, I quite often go to when someone asks or perhaps talking to a new Christian, and what what does it look like to to grow as a Christian? Um, I suspect if, if you ask people, or if someone came to you and said, what do I do? I've just become a Christian. What does the Christian life look like now? Most of us instantly go to a bunch of stuff you need to start doing. So you need to read the Bible, you need to pray, you need to do evangelism, you need to go to church, and there may be other things on your list. And in particular, the read your Bible and pray one, becomes almost the yardstick for measuring your your Christian life. So again, I think I've said in various contexts, um, very often when you you ask someone, how's it going? How's how's your Christian life going? How's your walk with the Lord going? The first thing and almost the only thing that folks' minds go to is, have I read my Bible today or yesterday or the day before or in the last week? That is the measuring stick. And if we are, then it's going well. And if we aren't, total disaster. And I suspect most of us live very often with a sort of at least a low-grade sense of guilt that either we're not doing it regularly enough or we're not doing it long enough. My quiet times aren't long enough um, or they're not fervent enough or something like that anyway. The, the Colossians 2 verses I think are helpful because they, they remind us why we do what we do and also how. Why and how. So excuse me, my contact is going and I can't read the text, but I'm pretty sure it says, <laughs> we're to be established in the faith, uh, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. That, the, 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 goal, the goal of the continuation of the, of the Christian life is to abound in thanksgiving and, and become firmer in the faith. Faith is something that grows. It's not just binary. Of course, in one sense, there are believers and unbelievers, okay, and it's, it's that simple. But, but faith, is, faith is something that can be strong or weak, it can be something that grows. So Jesus speaks about little faith and great faith. They're both believers, just one is sort of firmer in that conviction. Uh, we, we, we pray, Paul prays uh, at the beginning of various letters actually, for the he's right to they would grow in faith. And that's what, that's what we're trying to do. So, so the, the, the goal is, is getting more rooted in, in, in the gospel, more full of joy and thanksgiving for what God has done, rather than simply having a quiet time reading the Bible. And how I think is really helpful too from Paul, just as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So the same way you began the Christian life, that's how you keep going. You began the Christian life by believing the good news okay, and turning and trusting Christ. You began by, with the gospel. Paul says, in the same way, keep going. So it's not that, OK, the, the gospel got me converted, good, I'm, you know, I'm now believing and I've turned from my sin and, and now I need to do something different to keep going. You know, Paul says you want to dive deeper and deeper into Christ, into the gospel, in order to flourish, to grow. That means when you, when you, when you come to your sort of personal devotional life, I keep using the word quiet times because in the world I was converted in, they always call them those. I don't know why or where it came from, but I just mean your personal kind of times with the Lord. The aim or the primary aim is not so much I must cover the whole Bible in a year or I must have a certain amount of time, but rather I need to orientate myself again to the good news of the gospel. That's where I start. And I need to rely on him in everything. So trust and repentance, turn from self-reliance, turn from sin, trust him with everything. Both my own personal needs and those of my friends. And really how you do that isn't mandated in the Bible. So I've said quite a few times, there's no verse in the Bible that says every individual Christian must read the Bible on their own. Partly or largely because for most of church history, most Christians can't read and they don't own a Bible. Now it's good to read a Bible, <laughs> but it's not a kind of if you haven't done it today, you're instantly guilty. Um, there's lots of commands about meditating on the word of the Lord or hearing it. How that word gets into you doesn't matter. Whether it's you reading it or you thinking and remembering what was preached on Sunday or you listening to something, it doesn't matter at all. But you meditate on it, you chew it over. So, to that end, we've brought along a few resources that might help. Uh, let me, I want to flag like a few highlights and then we're going to put them at the back. So, first of all, um, in terms of, where should we start? Just reading the Bible on your own. Um, if you're in a total rut and you feel like you're stuck, two little things that honestly take no time whatsoever. Um, one is an old one and one is a new one. This one, the Checkbook of Faith, written by Charles Spurgeon. All he does every day is give you one verse. So that day's, uh, come to me all you who are labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And then his thoughts on it. It doesn't take you through the whole of Matthew's Gospel or anything like that. And the next day you're on to Psalm 9 for no discernible reason. But it just gives you a little gospel thought for the day. Super easy, super short, stick it in your bag on the way to work, whatever. A good kickstart to get going again. And similarly, if you want something more modern, I really enjoyed this actually. Um, uh, It's by a guy called Matt Searle, so written much more recently. He takes two, I think it's three Psalms, four Psalms, and takes you through them very, um, very slowly. So each day, again, you get just a little bit of the the Psalm, like one verse that day, for example. And then that much text to kind of stimulate you, um, get you thinking. So we'll put some of those kind of things, but just little devotions. If you're totally stuck, rather than being super ambitious, saying, right, this year I'm going to read the Bible in the year. Something short and simple. So those sort of things. Um, if your prayer life is stuck, this might seem strange, but it can be really helpful to use other people's prayers um, this is a kind of classic Valley of Vision. Uh, it's, it's a bunch of Puritan prayers. I, I actually really like this one. It's called Piercing Heaven. Someone's put together a, a, a collection of prayers, modernised the language. It, it, well, I, I, at the moment, I'm just moving through it. Each day, there's one. I open it up, and there we go. That's something to pray. It gives you your thoughts. And it, it, it does two things, I think. It broadens your prayer life, but it also shows you how other people have prayed, which I found really helpful. Just sort of, it almost gives you an insight into other people's spiritual life. Um, and it punctures the idea that anyone is some sort of total spiritual genius. Um, So prayer collections, Bible reading collection, little thoughts. Um, Two more things before I hand over to Nick. Uh, One is if you do want to get through the Bible or half the Bible in a year, there are all sorts of schemes to help you do that. Um, This last year, I've nearly got to the end of one on my phone, there's an app called the the Bible app, I think it's just called that, Um, and it's free, and you can, you can, there's all sorts of, You can just use it to read the Bible. But there are also all sorts of plans on it. Um, And the great thing about it is it's audio as well. So um, I've been listening to the Bible in a year. David Suchet, who plays Poirot, if you ever watch ITV dramas, um, he reads the entire NIV. And you can set up the the, plan. All sorts of people have done it before. Set up the plan. You can just choose one, and it'll take you through the Bible in a year or half the Bible in a year, whatever you like. Sometimes just getting the Scriptures into your head, don't worry about meditating on all of it and, you know, um, recently been going through a bit of Isaiah and I don't know what's going on to be honest because I don't understand that bit of Isaiah but that's okay, the script is just going into your head so the Bible app I think is really helpful and also, here's the devotions will to do this but um, this from Glenn Scrivener gives you a little passage each day it doesn't quite do the whole Old Testament he's written one old and one new but most of it, sort of high, <laughs> high points um, and it takes you through the sort of main part of the story over the course, I think it's over the course of a year um, again one little reading, and then about two pages of text to, to get you going uh, for the day. One last thought, actually. I said two. There you go. There's one of them. Last one. Just, for some of us, we're, we really struggle with the... We read the Bible, we don't know what it means. Um, or, we read the Bible, and it's been a particularly... we know reading the Ten Commandments, or reading something that just crushes us. And um, if Paul, Paul Colossians 2 is setting us up to begin each day with the Gospel then loads of people have found it helpful to read something that just orientates them to the the good news, to the gospel. Because the bit you're reading might actually confuse you or it might be quite a sort of law bit rather than gospel word or whatever. So um, when I get stuck, I quite often go back to one or two or three books that just just read a page or something and it just gives good news. My absolute favourite is this one. It's called God's Way of Peace by Horatius Bonner. It was written about 130 years ago, but very modern English. Um, Just... he's just reminding Christians of the good news. It's not a devotional, it's a a book, but it, yeah, he's just full of joy. There are various ones I'll put at the back. Um, This one, The Glories of God's Love," is a modern one, a primer, a gospel primer for Christians. So it sets you towards the gospel each day. And similarly, if you're more of a listener than a reader, um, there's a a little podcast, each one's about five minutes each day, um, called Things Unseen, Things Unseen, which a guy called Sinclair Ferguson does five minutes it's just a beautiful little thought for the day um, that if you're not very good at reading but good at listening that'll set you up for the day there are some thoughts, we'll put more at the back I'm going to hand over to Nick
1: Hi, Morning everyone um, Yeah, just to add very briefly <coughs> to that, Say um, just specifically on a Bible in the Year plan I'm just, I've just printed a load of these out um, the, the, the audio Bibles are great because you actually speed them up to like to speed which is essential for Poirot because he just goes through it so slowly it's unbelievable but um, I just found it really helpful when you're going through just to emphasize what something that John T said again you don't really very often you don't know what's going on particularly the tricky uh, parts of the scriptures but even in a bit that you're quite familiar with you might hear us sort of you know preaching for half an hour on sort of you know seven or eight verses in a gospel you think I, I didn't get half an hour stuff worth of uh, content from my you know from my five minute Bible reading this morning it's a don't worry about it. That, that, that's not a surprise at all. None of us do at that time in the morning. The, the aim is really just to, just to grab hold of something. Grab hold of a heavenly thought. Remember that you're not a citizen of earth. Remember you are a citizen of heaven. Remember that God is your father, that Jesus is your saviour. And anything that's doing that is just reorientating your compass uh, in the morning. Um, but yeah, I still find just doing these sort of, well, just a couple of things. One is <clears throat> reading loads of scripture in a sort of light way so not a bible study i think what i really want to get people away from in the morning is thinking i've got to do a bible study this morning it's, it's not it's not what uh, devotions are about in the morning it's about meeting with the lord and very often particularly if you've had some sort of training in how to read the bible very you can sort of start applying on your skills of understanding a piece of literature rather than engaging with the lord so i would just say actively you know, you know doesn't really work for audio bible i guess you can probably put some sort of markers there but if you've got your bible just feel free to write in your bible just underline a phrase so that's the phrase that's going to stay with me this morning and i'm going to pray it through so that's one thing read massive chunks of scripture and just get the big picture of what god's doing in, in in history in the world the second thing is read tiny bits of scripture and something i found incredibly helpful is a scripture memorization so i went for a phase I was in the gambia where i my devotions literally would be one verse a day, and it should be remembering that verse and just building up, um, like trying to learn a whole psalm. And you can do it verse by verse. And what it forces, if, you, if you're remembering something, so there's a method I'll tell you talk about another time. But really just, you see a verse, you read it ten times, then you say it ten times, and then it sticks. And then the next day, you do the next thing for the next verse, repeat yesterday's verse. you can end up like learning a whole psalm without too much difficulty. In fact, I'll say a bit about the family my family' slot in a second. But what, it, what you do is when you're reading the same verse 10 times, and then memorize it 10 times, just something really goes in, a thought stays you all day. So um, really big chunks of scripture, tiny bits of scripture. The stuff in the middle where it's like sort you of 15, 20 verses. I mean, obviously also great as well. But just beware I'm doing a Bible study in the morning. That's not what you're doing. You're meeting with the Lord. And just two other resources. Yeah, I just want to re-emphasise this value of vision that John has mentioned. What I love about this in particular is you see people really engaging with the Lord. Sometimes I find my prayers are so trivial. And when you're reading someone else who's really engaging with the Lord, I mean, obviously you can feel, oh, it's just making me feel guilty. I don't pray like them. Um, well, one thing, not a bad thing. Learn to grow in prayer. That's fine. But just see how people are wrestling with the Lord, and choose to do it yourself. So I think it's a real blessing. It's a help. And secondly, water of the word. Um, sorry, yeah, water of the word in session for her. Don't be confused. <laughs> this is this is this is um, uh, a man interceding for his wife. So again, in uh, Ephesians five, it, it talks about the husband's spiritual responsibility over his wife, presenting her as pure and blameless, and. Um, uh, And all this book does is basically turns uh, Bible verses into prayers. And I found it incredibly helpful. So, um, again, just picking a a random date. It's it's got a whole prayer, but it's at the bottom, Matthew 10 and 11. And it's just taking some themes from that, sometimes these exact phrases, and turning it into prayers um, for your wife. So, guys, go on for you. I suspect there's a similar one uh, for the wives to pray for their husbands as well. Um, Let me go on to talk about family devotions now um again i guess not loads of parents in here um but again many people i guess most people at some point in their lives are are parents or head of households and just want to think about the why why do family devotions and how to do family devotions um firstly the the home is the, the responsibility of um the father uh, and more broadly the parents the spiritual life of the, church, uh, of, of the home is the responsibility of the father and the parents and very often I think we can think okay my children are going to go up Christians or I hope they go up Christians because they go to church on a Sunday but the reality is the biggest infl- I mean that's obviously essential so <laughs> bring your children to church come to church with them but the biggest influence on them will be um, how the home is led because obviously they're around their parents all the time and so that's going to be the biggest influence. And on top of that's not just sort of a pragmatic thing of saying how many hours are there in the day. It's also the responsibility uh, that God has given parents is the spiritual nurture of their, their children. So I'm just going to read out a few verses. And I suspect you know them, but I'm going to read them just to remind you they're good. So, G26, 6 to 7. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up. So again, the life of the parent should be with their children, talking to their children all the time, both formal and informally, about the Lord. It doesn't mean sort of don't have fun, don't kick a ball about all this sort of stuff. But as you're doing ordinary life, uh, keep it a God-centred home. Here's Psalm 78, a massive psalm, but the first few verses are all about um, parents passing on the gospel to their children. Uh, we will not hide them that's God's statutes from their descendants we will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord his power and the wonders he has done he decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them even the children yet to be born and they in turn would tell their children then they would put their trust in in God so can you see that's That's the way the gospel gets passed down the generations. Again, Ephesians 6 verse 4, the clearest, fathers do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Um, So firstly, just remembering um, that children, the first responsibility of parents is to bring up their children in the Lord. And that's that's a responsibility that does lie at the heart of the parents ultimately the parents can't say but the church wasn't very good it was the church's fault the youth worker wasn't one good the children work wasn't very good it's first responsibility of the parents so how do we train them bring them up really focusing on devotions just two things i've normally heard this expression in terms of evangelism but i think it can apply to bring your children up as well so i've heard evangelism people say two things firstly go and be Um, and then come and see. So go and be, come and see. In evangelism, we think so. go out into the world, be a Christian, and then say, come and see the gospel. Come to church on Sunday. I think it's quite helpful. But the same sort of thing we're doing with our children. So um, be a Christian amongst them. Live the authentic Christian life with them. So that doesn't mean be a perfect person at all. What it means is live before your children the life of repentance and faith. Um, so, So that would mean, yes, living a godly life, seeking the Lord, Uh, but also when you mess up, confessing your sins to God. When you mess up to your children, apologizing to them as well, uh, forgiving your children when they're a pain. Um, So it's modeling the Christian life. Unless you're modeling the Christian life, any devotion that you do will just be completely undermined, completely undermined, because there's no reality to it. You're showing that this devotion, this God who you pray to, uh, makes no difference in your life. But having lived the Christian life, then let's get it explicit. Who is the God that we believe in? Um, and that's where it really gets to family devotions. So um, first resource I want to point you to is this book here. This, this, is, this is a book that explains uh, the importance of family devotions. I think John's got a copy of this as well. So family worship in the Christian home and neglected grace. Really, um, you could just read one chapter of this. I think it's chapter four. And uh, chapter four is entitled, um, it's the thing we really want to know. Um, now what? What do I do? What do I do? It's very helpful. But there's a quote from him in that. I'm not even sure it's in that chapter, but that's a really helpful chapter of the book. And he quotes Spurgeon, who quotes someone else. This is what Spurgeon says. I agree with Matthew Henry, who is this... Uh, bible commentator and and a guy who wrote a lot in prayer as well i agree with matthew henry when he says they that pray in the family do well um they that pray and read the scriptures do better but they that pray and read and sing do best of all there's a completeness in that kind of family worship, which must be, which has much to be desired. So, really, three things. Really, what does it look like to have a family devotion? It means uh, praying together, it means uh, reading together, and it means uh, singing together. I was hot. We're sort of running out of time. I was going to lead you in a song, but um, I've been saved by the Balsali. Um, but really let's just go through these three things: sort of praying, singing, and reading. Uh, Firstly, uh, praying. Just really trying to encourage our children to pray to Father. So, not, dear God. I was laughing this morning because we just, honestly, when you're doing a family devotion and you realize you've barely done one on the way to church, but um, my first thing I'll say to encourage your children to pray to Father. What does Arthur do? Dear God. They said, pray, tell your children to pray to your Father in heaven because that. the the, the gospel is encompassed in that that the Lord Jesus Christ makes his father our father and encourage them to bring any anxiety to the Lord any anxiety um because that is the gospel Uh, make prayers uh, interesting um if you can so um I've just a few resources for that um firstly um uh uh, open door this is a file sheet i put it back open doors uh do something for children a map of the world praying for the persecuted church That's so important for the for children to know that christians are hated by the world but it's really important for them to learn to be compassionate in the world there's a, they do a map slightly different each year this year it's a map and a passport we haven't got gropped to grips with this one this year um it's a bit more complex but you could you can uh, write to open doors and get a copy of that uh, then just use I mean a prayer meeting we did the act spread remember adoration confession thanksgiving supplication um, and then you can do the stop prayers sorry thank you others pray for others uh, please um, so that's good stuff to do um, so that's prayer reading um, uh, what do I have for this yeah I'll just I'll just do some you know how to read the scriptures generally lay some resources to that but i just really want to encourage everyone here is that you don't have to be a pastor you do not have i mean it's easy for me to say I, I am a pastor it's my job but literally all we want families to do is to read the bible in the home just read a few verses out and if you've got nothing to say it's okay the spirit can write it on the hearts of your children now if you can go further than that great ask a question uh, give a comment Fantastic, uh, but just just get the Bible open and pray. Um, and what I would say on that is just uh, two things really. It, again, it's not a Bible study that you're doing as such. Now, when it's children, you may have to ask them the odd question. I'll show you some resources that uh, shortly. But really, just get your Bibles open and just just say, just maybe tell your children something that you think is good news uh, from this passage. And then again, Bible memorization. We have found this as a family so so helpful. Um, I mean talking about resources just the Bible is the resource so again learn a psalm with your children we've tried to uh, learn a number of psalms with our children and say them every day and it's impossible to do in the short term but long term if you take a month to learn a psalm as just one verse a day or one line a day by the end of a month you will have learned a whole psalm and if you say it again for another month it will be really in there so just I would say go go for that um and then finally, singing. Um, just One, just some simple choruses. You know, read your Bible, pray every day. Do you know that song? Read your Yeah, thank you. You do know. Yeah, for sure. Um, just, just, just get these. Get singing them as families. And sometimes people be grumpy, some people be up for it. But sing these truths. Get them into your hearts. Um, keep the church sheets. A great resource for family devotions is the, um, the handout we give on Sunday services. Uh, And then just sing the same song again. Our children aren't quite the age where they're all reading fluently, but the time of 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, you've got that resource every week. You can sing the songs. Um, Okay, just a few things of how then. So it's really hard work, but I'd say be adaptable, be brief, be consistent. And then just a few resources finally. So what do I find helpful? Um, So if you... In one sense, no, the more things you have to do, the less likely you're going to do it. So I would say just get your Bible open and read it. If you want a bit more, uh, this is quite good. So it's called Table Talk for Families. There, sometimes there's a crafty type thing in it, uh, but uh, you don't have to do it, although the kids love it if you do. but. Again, my hesitation is, once you say you've got to do a craft, I don't have time to a craft, and then you stop opening the Bible at all. But I do think this is really, really good. If you want something a bit more, there is some resources at the back, and what they will do is, this is, this is a company's um, uh, a big picture, picture Bible book for, for kids, but this is for a bit older. And this, these resources, it's literally just, you know, read this passage, and then it has, you know, ten lines on it, a couple of questions. You don't have to do any preparation. So really, I guess what we're trying to say is, just go for it. The bar to doing family devotions should be incredibly low. We think it's high, so we don't give it a go. should be incredibly low. Just get your Bible open, read it with your children, pray, and uh, it will become a habit. I'm going to leave there. Well, John T, anything else you want to recommend on children's resources? Industry
0: um, just need one. resources of children's Bibles. Um, this is an old school one. I, I'm a bit sort of on pictures of Jesus in Bible, so um, you know, if you're not, don't worry. But we did this last year, the children's story Bible, Catherine Voss. It like classically children. If you've got little ones, children's Bibles do kind of creation, Noah, Daniel, and the lions. You know, Jesus, and that's it kind of thing. She, she really goes through the whole Bible. It's not a Bible. It's not a version of the Bible. It's not an ESV or whatever. But she really does. She'll take through the Kings and Chronicles, but sort of pitched at a children's way. Say. So, if you're looking something a, a bit up from the kind of really naughty Bibles, i remember recommend that. Okay, so I think we should put the resource at the back. Is that right? Yes, so <coughs> grab a coffee, mill around, um, have a little bit anything, and then next week we'll... <laughs> Different Great. Okay. Shall I, shall, I, shall I pray,
1: and then we'll uh, and then we'll happily have a look. Father, uh, you know that many of us feel very uh, condemned by our lack of uh, devotion to you. Thank you that that's not the gospel. Thank you. The gospel is that uh, you died uh, for those who are lukewarm as well. You died for those uh, who are cold-hearted. Thank you for your grace. Thank you. Your grace is fresh every day, and we pray that we, you would help us. Receive that grace uh, more and more uh, as we uh, meditate on your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. amen.